0: Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of O'Donnell for Liberty. I'm Justin, your host, and first things first, as always, shout out to go get your featured merch and sponsored merch over at sneckswag.com. Today I want to highlight one of my favorite pieces over there, because we're going to be talking about fascist government dictates and mandates, so you can go tell Obama, uh, Biden, Eric Swalwell, and all the Democrats exactly what they can do if they want to come get your guns. That's right, nuke me, bitch. I'll take the demonetization. Uh, but joining us today, we got two guests, uh, both from New York, but one now by way of New Hampshire because he escaped the tyranny. And uh, first up, we got Elliot Aliu Axman, author of the Corona Fascism. I believe it's been kicked off of the uh, Amazon, so you got to go elsewhere on the internet to get it. He'll tell you where. And Eric Cordova of the Libertarian Party of Queens. Guys, welcome. What's going on?
1: The I can't government. believe
0: you're a Yankee. Ah uh uh, uh. All, right. No, all right so New York, like what the shit, Eric, you're there, you're still there, you're stuck there. Ali, you escaped, you got out. What in God's name makes people think it's okay to
2: do what New York is doing? Fear. Yeah, I honestly I'm just gonna answer honestly, like <laughs> living amongst these people, this is what it is, like There are people who are running scared and have been running scared and they're gonna continue to, and fear will drive whatever it is, and they'll justify anything as long as they're afraid. That's what it is. I mean, I can give you a million one examples, but the easiest answer is as long as you're afraid, you're going to be okay with whatever's done to make you feel a little less afraid. Okay, but what,
0: what really do they have to be afraid of anymore? I mean, we're we're sitting here almost two, two years into the pandemic, 18 months plus into this pandemic, and things have gotten better. The f- people aren't dying in the masses like they supposedly were at the beginning. There's been contrary evidence, but what was successful in preventing it, what wasn't. And all these people are vaccinated. I'm assuming New York probably has one of the higher vaccination rates in the country too, don't they?
2: Yeah. It's something like, it's like over 70%, I think, of adults, which... It's supposed to be herd immunity, right? When they said herd immunity, it was 70%. That was it. We won. And we had a parade for it. <laughs> a parade. They had a public had event. A with no they had a parade. Distancing. Yeah. Uh, the Canyon <laughs> Heroes downtown. They had a parade celebrating how many people got vaccinated and now we're running scared again. For- because the Delta variant.
1: And by the way, Justin, I don't know if you heard today. There's a, a Delta Plus variant. Yeah, Delta so Plus. It's You had the regular. Down? Now you
2: have the Delta Plus. It's like two inches bigger. You know, the screen's a little bit clearer. We got an extra camera on the back. It's great. And uh, we're going to be marketing. It'll be on T-shirts by tomorrow. Dr. Fauci's face and the Delta Plus, and it'll go for about $1,200. But if you pay it over time, it'll be about, like, $48 a month. So, you know, you might want to go for that.
0: I mean, don't give me ideas. I could have that shirt ready to go tonight. But... I need mean, use... three
1: masks. By the way, you need a third mask. Oh, you—you work right. in the
0: medical field. Like when I first met you, you were working as an EMT, and you've been working in the medical field. Like, e- even my understanding is just a, a financial underwriter and working on the insurance side of things. What the hell does somebody who's supposedly vaccinated have to fear from the unvaccinated? Oh my God, um, there's a lot to discuss with
1: this. But just going back to the fear thing, Eric mentioned yeah. fear is the greatest tool Mm -hmm. that authoritarians have right hitler did everything he did because he made people afraid that jews and maybe blacks or gays or gypsies were were wait a minute wait a minute
2: we're not allowed to reference the holocaust that's oh yeah
0: well we're already demonetized and canceled so that's fine yeah well i mean all right so
2: not allowed
0: to mention the holocaust can we just talk about that for a second because boy did this age well (laughs) <laughs> do you guys remember when the entire internet was mad at the libertarian party of kentucky for this tweet i remember a little bit but also marjorie taylor green i think mentioned it it was
1: her or someone else mentioned that you know asking for papers is not necessarily a, a pro-freedom government thing to do and she got a lot of pushback for that too i believe justin
0: amash even said it. here's the thing is it blew my mind the um, Libertarian Party Kentucky sends out this tweet. Are the vaccine passports going to be yellow and shaped like a star and sewn on our clothes? And people lost their shit. People started freaking out like, oh my God, you can't invoke the Holocaust. You can't compare this to the Holocaust. That's awful. Here we are. And the government of New York City is straight up telling people we're going to ask for your papers. You want to go to the grocery store? Show us your papers. You want to go to the restaurant? Show us your papers. You want to live your goddamn life and go to work? Show us your papers. And as long as I can remember, show me your papers has been the trope of Nazi
2: Germany in film and media. Yeah, and the funny thing is is people were looking at me for justification that it was bad because I'm Jewish. Like, they're like, oh, so you're Jewish. Like th- The Libertarian Party went too far on this one, right? Like, you're offended. I'm like, first of all, you should know me by now. I'm not easily offended at all. If I was, I probably wouldn't be a Libertarian. Like, kind of goes with the territory, guys. That's number one. Number two, no, because if you're going to tell me that this is my way of doing anything in the world, and I'm not allowed to do anything unless you see something that I have to show you that's bad, and and for anybody who's like, no, it's good because it keeps us safe. What if it was something else that you don't like? I used that example on, on Twitter today. Um, I said, what if they said you had to be high on cocaine in order to enter this place?
0: Well, wow. well, well. Wow. Where are we
2: going? Wait, let's, let's <laughs> say in order to go to the grocery store or in order to go to school, you had to be high on cocaine. And here's the thing, like, well, that's not for health reasons. Uh, 90 years ago, they thought it was for health reasons. They thought cocaine was good for you. So it's not that far of a stretch, actually. Oh, God.
0: (laughs) They prescribe kids meth to go to school nowadays.
2: Yeah. So is it that much of a stretch to say, like, that could be a required substance?
0: We can can even have
1: better examples as far as not things that are actually dangerous, things that everyone agrees that there is a consensus is healthy. Everyone in the universe agrees, I think, 100% consensus that if you drink less soda, smoke less cigarettes... Do less drugs. Sorry, Justin. Do less <laughs> drugs. Um, eat less sugar, cholesterol, salt, and exercise more is healthier. Everyone agrees on that. So, should, would you support government banning soda and cheeseburgers and cigarettes and high sugar and high salt diets?
0: No, because no, that's I, ultimately I the problem. Ultimately, no, and, the problem. and I didn't. When we had, we we did, you <laughs> know we did we that.
2: No, we did that. Right? We tried. Bloomberg.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> you just this charged more for soda. It's too big. too big.
0: Right? This too big. Right? New York City soda Too big. no uh, ultimately it's not about what's good and what's bad for you it's not about anybody else's perception of what's good and what's bad for you it's about your own goddamn personal decision matrix it's about your own risk assessment of what you want to do and how you want to do it and like i can tell you i can sit here and tell you on the list of drugs that are banned It's my knowledge and my amateur amateur chemistry knowledge and my understanding of human neurochemistry. I can tell you which ones are safe to do and which ones aren't. It doesn't mean you should go do the ones that are safe to do because if you're not comfortable doing them, you shouldn't do them. But you shouldn't tell other people they can't do them just because you're afraid of them.
1: Yeah, and as far as the the medical question you asked me, I didn't even get a chance to answer that yet. (laughs) Um, I could could obviously rant for for hours on this, and that's why I wrote the whole book on it. Should people be afraid of uh, COVID at all or unvaccinated people? Absolutely not. It should be very far down on their list. There should be like 28 trillion things they should be more afraid of, including the flu and other uh, infectious diseases, respiratory or uh, STDs or other diseases. And like I said, the the number one killer, heart disease. Number two killer, I believe cancer. Number three killer, maybe um, pneumonia, other flu, other kidney disease, diabetes, hypertension, stroke, all the top killers, they should be afraid of those because even with all the super duper inflated stats, which I explained in my book, why they're so inflated. So they're inflated by about a thousand fold, even with those stats still, I don't think COVID has killed as many as heart disease, which is 650,000 a year. So yeah, people should not be afraid. And as far as the unvaccinated and vaccinated, I love how they have like Schrodinger's vaccinated because um, they say, if you get a vaccine, you're totally safe. But they also say if you get a vaccine, you could still be killed by the unvaccinated and by Delta and Delta Plus. So it kind of the ways.
0: So I, I made a ha- I made a really annoying habit and hobby of reading NIH reports this year. Uh, because every time the CDC would come out it was like, oh backed by science. I'm like, I'm kind of curious to read the science. And I found out that the National Institute of Health.gov, NIH.gov publishes all of this research and it's all NIH sponsored research. And there's one study I keep going back to whenever I argue with people, and the title of the study was along the lines of T-cell variable response in convalescent COVID-19 patients recognizes mutated variants of the virus. And like as I'm reading it, it's the NIH, the government, telling people that, hey, your natural immunity that you get from having the virus has been shown in all of our tests and studies to protect you from all variants of the virus. And then Fauci says,
1: Fauci goes publicly in Congress every other day and says natural immunity is zero protection, non-existent, totally crap. You need the vaccine no matter what naturally you have from actually having the virus, you need the vaccine because natural immunity doesn't mean shit anymore. That's what I love.
0: But on the flip side of it, uh, every time I see somebody in the news is like, oh no, this celebrity got the COVID. Oh, this celebrity, this professional football player, this mixed martial artist, this golfer, this Olympian, every single time somebody is famous enough to make the news for having getting the COVID, it always has done them even though they were vaccinated. And so we're seeing these really high profile breakthrough cases of people getting COVID after being vaccinated, but When was the last time you saw any report of
2: reinfection of somebody who had COVID and got it a second time? You don't, but, but I want to speak to the ones that, okay, you're vaccinated and you get COVID. My best friend, that was his case. Okay. He works in the hospitals in Las Vegas where the Delta variant is like huge. And he texts me and goes, guess who got COVID now that it's not cool anymore. (laughs) And so he got it. And, you know, without divulging too much, he had cold like symptoms, right? You know, he didn't die. And his wife got it, and and his two year old twins got it too. And guess what? None of them died. Here's the thing: colds are okay to get. I don't know when, like we got into this headspace that it's not okay to have to get sick at all. Like, it's crazy. You, you're you're supposed to get sick every now and again. It's not the worst thing in the world. What is bad is dying. Death is bad. Well, I think well, we can the, agree on that. Getting sick is not that big a deal. The shifting
0: narrative on that is to tell people that. The reason your symptoms were so low and the reason you had such an easy time with it is because you were vaccinated, which that's complete and utter fucking bullshit, if you don't mind me saying. Because when 90% of the reported positive tests of COVID were asymptomatic or mild symptoms at best, they weren't severe cases. What's to say that because 90% of vaccinated tests is positive are mild symptom or asymptomatic, that the vaccine had any effect at all?
2: It might, it might not. Um there's no way to know. He never had it before. He never had, you know, and then he, he had to get the vaccine for his work, got it. And then got, you know, the variant like a month ago, whatever it is. Right. I I have no idea what, what would have happened if he never had gotten the vaccine and then he got the, the, uh, you know, the Delta thing,
0: right. and We're never going to be able to test that because that'd be an unethical experiment to infect people with a goddamn deadly disease just to see what happened. So, like, to say the science is settled when, by the very nature, you can't test the hypothesis blows my
2: mind. I and, mean, we've done it before. Well, back two... when we didn't care about, you know, racism and stuff. But I'm not saying we should do it again. That was a terrible idea. But we have Nazis? done it before.
0: <laughs> you, you mean when the Nazis experimented on people? No, I mean our Tuskegee to- I mean, experiments. Government. Oh, but we're not allowed to talk about how the U.S. government did Nazi shit. We're libertarians. Of course we're going to talk about that. It's other libertarians who got mad at us.
2: (laughs) Like these are things we've done, you know, isn't that the whole narrative these days, right? We're supposed to be just embarrassed by everything the United States has ever done. I mean, Um, we're just following the narrative.
0: Well, it's some pretty embarrassing shit. All right. I I do want to highlight a contrast here because, Eric, you're in New York. You're in the thick of how fucking awful things are in New York. You're you here in New Hampshire with me, but you're a bit more involved in the legislative side of things here in New Hampshire than I am uh, as far as a volunteer and your activism goes. Didn't we just pass a bunch of laws in New Hampshire that makes everything New York is doing illegal? I believe dictator Sununu signed
1: House Bill 220 into law, which I believe – Prohibits vaccine passports in any place, possibly private places as well, although it's very complicated. I would have to double check that. Um there might have been some other decent laws as well, but yeah, I think on, on a basic level, New Hampshire did ban vaccine passports.
0: So, I think we're one of the few states. So so how how can how can the cultures and the politics of our two states be so goddamn different when we're a goddamn three hour drive away from each other? Where New York City's locking down and banning and mandating you have your goddamn Star of David tattooed on your chest to be able to go out to eat. Uh, and New Hampshire is sitting here saying, nope, never, not allowed, not even once. Because we're the
1: libertarian capital and voluntarist capital, <laughs> and New York City is the communist shithole capital.
2: So what are you going to do about that, Eric? I mean, you know, we're fighting We right now. um, and we got Siraj Jaswal, he's running for city council. We're going to infiltrate city council with a libertarian. He's going to win. I'm, I'm not saying that lightly, like he's going to win. We have an event, August 19th, 7 p.m. in his district. We're gonna be loud, we're gonna we're gonna pack it in. I don't care what the restrictions are, of how many people are allowed to be at a restaurant by then. We are going to sell it out. We're going to overcapacitate, I don't care. We're gonna be there because people need to know about him. They need to vote for him. And it's gonna be a start. We can't change things overnight, but we're gonna do everything that we can to push back. Do you all have to have vaccine passports to go to the event? Mm, not as of now.
0: Did and they if say they can-
2: when? what? Did they say when? So here's the stupid thing about it. It's as of a date, but then it has a month to, to be implemented, but then you don't necessarily have to implement it if the numbers improve. which, to me, it tells me that it, the whole thing is full of crap. That hopefully it'll be just like a, just kidding. And because I think ultimately, I don't think any of these guys actually want to implement man- mandates because they know, like, de Blasio knows he's hated. And I think he knows it's a bad move. But if he says it and he acts like he cares, then he looks like a good guy for a little bit. But then he doesn't actually do the thing that's going to piss people off. It doesn't off. matter
1: how much he hated. Everyone hates him. All my friends who are Democrats yeah. in New York City hated him. They still vote for him, though. <laughs> Because
0: they hate the Republicans more. Well, it, it, I mean, I'll use the same thing with Sununu here. Everyone hates yeah. him, but all the Liberty Republicans still lined up to vote for yeah. him. because
1: felt this is worse. He's an even bigger communist.
2: Yeah, I mean, you could have voted for the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's obviously the problem that we're facing, right? Is that it's always, you know, who's the lesser of two evils? And we're like, hi, we're over here. We're libertarians. We're not evil. You should vote for us like, no, you can't win. Like, well, we would win if you just voted for us. You're allowed to. We're on the ballot. Well, when we get people on the ballot, you know, obviously we're facing that in New York, too. That's another fascist thing they like to do is just throw people off the ballot whenever they feel like it. So we deal with that as well.
0: I mean, we have that here as well. That That's just a universal thing, and that's something I think we just have to accept as a reality and make sure that if we're going to try and get people on the ballot, not as a Republican or a Democrat, we have to be willing to go the extra mile to play their fucking game. Yeah. Um, e- even here in New Hampshire, uh, for some reason, Sununu vetoed House Bill 98 um, which blew my mind that he vetoed it because it had unanimous support from the Liberty Republicans. Uh, but it was one of the worst bills that I saw the Liberty Republicans ever endorse, and it would have kept the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire off the ballot forever. Wow! Um, but they voted for it. There's only one guy who voted against it, and I feel terrible giving him credit because he's the one person in the state house who, even though he's a Liberty rep, I think we'd be better off without him in the state house, and that's Max Abramson. Uh, But he was the only one to vote against that bill. But thankfully, Sununu vetoed it. I still don't know his motivations for vetoing it because it actually hurts him when he's running for Senate next year.
2: Hey, sometimes, you know, doing the right thing is hard. Yeah, it is now
1: uh, House Bill 220. I just double checked and I was a little bit wrong. It doesn't ban vaccine passports. It bans mandatory actual vaccinations. It says that essentially the government can't compel people to get
0: vaccinations um, They're already talking about that in New York, though. The, yeah. Like I, I saw something about mandatory vaccines on Twitter earlier today. Um, oh,
1: it's it's inevitable everywhere. It'll be federal anyway. But anyway, the bill sounds great, but it says this paragraph shall not limit the commissioner's authority to order treatment pursuant to RSA 141. Meaning, um, and you can still quarantine people and still give them shots if it's a really bad emergency. So the bill probably does nothing, to be honest. I would have to read the whole that whole statute, but... This is what they do. And this is something I've written about and talked about a lot. They'll pass a great bill that sounds great. It says, police can't shoot people in the face. And then a tiny thing, except as you know described in RSA 123, if you actually read that statute, it says, cops can shoot anyone in the face if they think that they're not cool, or committing a crime, <laughs> the or if they feel like it, or if you did something wrong, or if, it's or if they're crime. black. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's why a lot of these bills are really meaningless. I have to read this whole statute right. now, and then read that statute that that references, but the bill is probably meaningless, to be honest. Again, we need simple statutes. And like I wrote in my first book, we need a simple constitution that says if a politician violates property rights, just hang them.
0: Right. Well, I mean, even, even if we're accepting that all these laws and all these premises are just virtue signaling at their core, the difference in how they're choosing to signal their virtues is is astounding. Where you have New York saying, comply, comply, comply. And New Hampshire is like, we're going to at least let you pretend you're free right
1: and the enforcement and the compliance is also a key factor right in new york city police i'm not there but i assume police are enforcing some of the mask mandates um here some i haven't seen the police arresting people although in concord one family did get arrested for taking their kids to the park during quarantine but the enforcement is not quite as bad um and people are again we have guns still in new york city i know you gave them up like the the he was in Germany in the 1930s. Like my grandparents <laughs> gave up their guns. Um, New York City gave up their guns a long time ago. But here we still do have guns. So we know we don't have to comply <laughs> quite as much. It's a little different um, when you're able to open carry. Um, I'll be honest though. is a lot different here.
2: You, you barely need the police to actually enforce it because we have so many freaking Karens that are more than willing to tell you to put on your mask and, you know, or did you get your shot? All that kind of stuff. It's like you don't even need the actual compliance factor of the, you know, we're going to threaten you with guns to your face that we're allowed to have and you're not because there are so many citizens that are willing to do it for them at this point, which is crazy. Orwell explained in
1: 1984 that citizens become those who police each other. And citizens are the ones policing each other Mm -hmm. because they don't have enough cops to police all of us at all times. But if we police each other, they've won. And they've already done that all over. uh, Yeah, especially in New York City, but they've done it all over in all 50 states already. That's why I think that it's a lost battle. we've we've lost everything. There might be a one in a billion chance to save New Hampshire, but no other of the 49 state has even a one in a billion chance of being saved. That's how pessimistic I am.
2: You say that, but I did, I did a lot of traveling during the pandemic because I had a lot of time on my hands. And at some point I was like, all right, screw it. I'm just going to start traveling around because I don't want to be in New York. I can't do anything here. So started traveling. And I went to a bunch of different States. No one else treated it the way that we do though. like, Everywhere else, I felt a whole lot more comfortable actually being there than being here. And it's, you know, it took us a whole lot longer to reopen because we were opening. And I'm like There was no justification for that other than Cuomo wanted to feel special by saying he was going more. Like, give you an example. Again, alumni of the University of Florida went to a Florida Gators game in the fall, right, when the second wave was starting. It was big and scary. Went to a game. There were tw- it was 25% capacity at the time. Cuomo opens up, the Buffalo Bills get a game, and they get like 8% capacity. When it was already shown that 25% capacity, which look, you want you know, I can argue could have been even more than that would have been just fine. But hey, we had 25% capacity, which in a stadium holds 95,000 people, still a good amount of people, and nothing happened. It didn't spike numbers, no one died, and yet here's Cuomo going. That's not good enough for me. I have to do 8% because I'm better than Florida. Like, it doesn't prove anything, and you're just an idiot at that point. So I drove
0: down to Boston uh, last week to go to a Red Sox game. Not because I'm particularly invested in the Red Sox. I've watched two games all season. But because they announced the stadium was going to be open at 100% capacity with no masks and no social distancing requirements. And I said, fuck yeah. I want to go to a Red Sox game. So I drove down and we took the train in and I almost single handedly shut down the entire MBTA in Boston because after the first train where nobody gave a shit, no one was wearing a mask, we get on the second train and the conductor hits the thing and says, you must be wearing a mask to ride the MBTA. And I watch everyone who wasn't wearing a mask on the first train, pull out their masks and put them on, on the second train because that conductor cared. And I'm just like, nah, nah, I didn't even bring one. So fuck off. And... (laughs) he just keeps spamming it. And we're sitting in the station and he just keeps spamming that button on. You must wear a mask to ride the MBTA. You must wear a mask to ride the, it's just repeating to the point where like a six year old kid who was standing next to me on the train starts just repeating it in loop. I'm like, this is fucking brainwashing. And then all of a sudden it stops, and he comes on It's like, if you don't put your mask on, I ain't moving the train. At which point I realized, Oh, he means me. And so Ooh. I just yelled up front, I'm like, there's 300 people in this fucking car. I've already got it if anyone had it. It doesn't fucking matter. You're going to make these people late for a Red Sox game. Do You want to riot, or do you want to make me die on this hill? Train moved.
2: <laughs> mm. <Wow. laughs> Oddly enough, we haven't even gone that far, because honestly, the trains are what they are, and nobody's checking. Like, there are cops that stand <laughs> around at the stations. And I'll be honest with you, they don't give a crap. They really don't. Like, the cops aren't even wearing masks. They're like, eh, whatever. Like, you know, they know they're being paid to, you know, police us with it. They don't care. And then you get on the train, and you might get a dirty look or something, but, like, I have, you know, my my gator mask, and I'm just like, all right, whatever. No one's paying attention. You know, unless, like, there's someone sitting next to me giving me a look. It's – I ride the train every day. I mean, I'm not even – you know, I, I go to work every day on the train mm-hmm. and it's not enforced like they, they just need to feel like they say it's enforced. I guess it did so more by you. But, by, you know, by Boston, but in New York, I haven't seen enforcement by law enforcement. It's it's more of this empty veil threat. It's kind of like the seatbelt thing. How often is that enforced? The the, the problem is it's going to get
0: enforced. At some point, they're going to try and enforce it, or else they're going to have to admit they were wrong. And what I'm terrified of is people not standing up. And everyone's like, well, you can't fight the government, blah, blah, blah. Go get fucked. Fuck yourself. Fight the goddamn government. And I never thought I'd say I'd be proud of the goddamn French, but I don't know if you guys have seen this. (laughs) The The French are fighting back. vaccinated, Hitting the streets. Demonstrators in Paris pelting police who
1: respond with tear gas and fists. At least three officers were injured. Nearly 20 protesters were arrested. They claim the choice to get vaccinated should be about liberté freedom oh. I think our freedom is in danger I have children she says I'm fighting for their future they're outraged over a new virus pass coming into effect August 9th that would legally restrict entry in most places like restaurants bars and theaters to the vaccinated and those with a recent negative test
0: I won't sell my soul to go to the
1: restaurant the cinema says this man there's nothing about
0: freedom so the French have that like Why is that happening in France, but not here? Because it sounds to me like the French just got handed down the same regulations as New York City. And the French responded with, go get fucked. While New Yorkers are rolling over and taking it.
2: You know, I'll tell you what I see here. The biggest reason why there is an aversion to going against it is the fear of being labeled a Trump supporter. Because in New York, that is the worst thing you can be labeled. You're almost better off being labeled anything else. Like, you're probably better off being labeled like a rapist than being labeled a Trump supporter. Eric, I is it
1: support. worse? Is Trump supporter worse than anti-vaxxer, or is it considered so similar in New York it's the same?
2: That's probably the same thing to people. Like I don't think they and you know what the crazy part is? I actually do look at statistics. Um and you know what group of people on the whole has the least amount of vaccinations in New York? African-Americans. They don't trust the government. Why would they? Yeah. So it's not, it's not Trump supporters, but maybe some of them are, but it is a group of people that have learned over time, the government doesn't like us and we don't trust it. So for this overlying thing to be, you know, the anti-vax crowd, and by the way, wouldn't you think that the African-American community Back in the day, when there were separate restaurants for whites only and blacks, vaccinated, and you don't even you don't even get your own restaurant if you're unvaccinated. Like you know, under wow. what under what the Blasio is saying, you don't even get your own restaurant. You don't even get to go to the unvaccinated restaurant and you know have infection palooza. Like we don't you don't get that. Well, then and that's the crazy part.
1: It. It. What? want us to starve the the big leftist elites starving. they want to start starving the unvaccinated and making it impossible for them to do
2: anything it's unbelievable that many of the people that are so ardently for it would tell you that the reason they're for it is because they're so compassionate and yet their compassion leads them to well you chose not to get a shot therefore you should die not therefore you've put yourself at higher risk look I think we'd all agree that maybe there is some form of risk, a higher risk, but not that you deserve to die. If you, if if anywhere in your brain tells you that someone deserves to die because they didn't do something that you agree with and and they don't agree with it, you're not the compassionate one in this situation.
1: The fact that, that we're having that anyone in the world is having this discussion about whether to mandate vaccines for safety with before banning motorcycles, which I don't think any state in the world bans motorcycles, which again is probably the single most dangerous thing a person could do. It's smoking cigarettes and riding motorcycles are probably the, the two most dangerous behaviors that kill most people.
2: right no. Ban
1: them, this is disingenuous. This whole conversation is such BS. If we yeah. want to improve safety, we'll, we would mandate exercise, mandate a BMI below 25, that yeah. save most lives, ban cigarettes, ban alcohol, and ban motorcycles. We would save millions of lives a year. Well, so,
2: instead, Instead, what we're doing is we're saying, well, if you get the shot, we'll give you Krispy Kreme and free coffee, and we're gonna, we you know, we're just gonna give you more stuff to give you a heart attack. Oh, wait, wait, oh, wait, wait, wait!
0: The state of Washington give out free weed. Okay, maybe they're onto something.
2: Uh, <laughs> and-
1: West Virginia and Governor Justice is actually bonkers.
2: West
0: Virginia has given out
1: guns.
2: Okay, wait, hold on, hold on. And I'll, I'll freely admit, okay. Like I actually am one of the people here that I, I actually did get it. And the reason is, is my mom is super duper high risk. Otherwise like she's, she's going to, my mom is having a heart transplant. Okay. In order for me to help get her ready for the heart transplant, I needed to do it so I can like go to the hospital and stuff like that. Um, and that, that's my personal choice, but I don't begrudge anybody who made a different choice than, than me. But the reason I bring that up is, all I got out of it was a Band-Aid. I didn't get any of this free stuff. Where's my free stuff?
1: You go to West Virginia and say so you identify as West Virginian and get a free Yeah, guy. man. And then go to get free weed.
0: It's not just guns. He's giving away, like, custom outfitted off-roading F-150s and Toyota Tacomas, custom hunting. And a lot of states are having raffle. raffles for, like, a lot of money. Yeah. Races. I, I don't give money. I've I've seen the one million dollar drawings. Everybody vaccinated gets a ticket, and that's Massachusetts, Illinois. In Massachusetts, they're calling it Vaxed Millions, uh, which is play on their old lottery, Mass Millions. But like West Virginia, like I would be tempted as fuck in West Virginia. They're giving away fucking trucks, ATVs, guns. God oh, damn. We
1: all to identify one. as vaccinated Massachusetts <laughs> residents and West Virginians.
2: Do I do I get like a um you know like retroactive gift for you know because well like I you know I because I, I did it when I did like ten days later they instituted this crap and it's like nope, nope, not for you. How do you
1: think we're gonna feel when, when student loans are totally forgiven and my wife and I have paid off two hundred thousand dollars in student loans, let's say I got, have a have a I got a plan for that. I got a plan
0: for that, Aliu. I got a plan for that different topic altogether, but I actually believe there is a libertarian path to student loan forgiveness that would benefit the economy. Let's hear it. I'm intrigued. It's wiping the slate clean for all outstanding student loan debt and providing a 10 year rolling tax credit for any student loan payments made to the federal government in the past 15 years. So anybody who's paid them off in the past 15 years would get everything they paid as a tax credit moving forward.
1: Excellent. And abolish
0: the Fed. Yes. That's the first step. Yeah. In the same package. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm with it as long as there is no more government student loans, which unfortunately
0: we cannot have a discussion about how to honestly forgive student loan debt and fix the economic crisis that the federal government created without abolishing the Department of Education. Yeah, uh, because they're the ones that precipitated, just like the government precipitated the current economic. Well, crisis. Eric said
1: abolish the government, but then he kept going. I thought he would stop there.
0: Let's stop yeah, there. Well, let's that, stop there. Yeah. We, we can always stop there. I am more than willing to stop and abolish the government. But I mean, let's talk about these lockdowns. Has not like, how damaged is New York from just the 18 months of fear, pandemic, and lockdown that we've had?
2: I'll tell you, the thing that I've noticed the most, and this comes from my mother-in-law being, you know, she works with elderly folks um, in, you know, with aging people and the mental toll it's taken on people that they, some of them weren't allowed to leave their rooms. If they were in senior homes, they couldn't even go to the common room to dine with other senior citizens. The mental toll it took on those folks, it's probably irreparable and nobody cares. Because they were safe from the virus. That's the only thing that's mattered. And that's the part that bothered me from the beginning. It's the only thing that mattered. Nothing else mattered. Oh, is it affecting your mentality? Doesn't matter. Is it affecting the economy? Doesn't matter. It was all thrown out.
0: Well, so my point on – yeah, I'll go. I have an on, on firsthand
1: account from people in New York who officiate funerals that multiple people have died in the last year and a half And their family said they died primarily of loneliness, despair, and depression. Because they couldn't see family. They were living in nursing homes, locked down by King Cuomo, and couldn't see family.
0: Easily. Now, here's, here's my conundrum. Like, the side of the medical industry I work in is underwriting and risk management, which is a completely different side than treatment. I don't deal with patients ever. I just see the numbers and what we're dealing with as far as beds available and stuff like that. Most Americans have no idea... How close to being overwhelmed the U.S. healthcare system is every single winter with just the seasonal flu, and so the fact that social distancing and the lockdowns pretty much did eradicate the seasonal flu. The if we had the regular old seasonal flu on top of a bad COVID pandemic, who knows how bad it would have been, and so. I think we can honestly admit that maybe the lockdowns did save lives, but we then have to ask the question at what cost, like how many lives were destroyed because of the lockdowns and was saving the lives medically that it was saved from the lockdown worth the next 10 to 15 years worth of inflationary economic damage, worth the rebuilding of our local infrastructures and communities that we're having to go through now. Hurting the economy is the
1: same as hurting people like hurting their actual health. Just like stabbing someone hurts them, taking away their job hurts them. It literally causes deaths. I I was just working on my article. I'm trying to translate it to Spanish. (laughs) I I wrote an article a year and a half ago um, or two years ago about the lockdowns, how people saying you're greedy, you care about the economy, think about the lives. It is the same. They're inseparable. When you have a recession, like in 2008, at least 10,000 suicides were linked to that. Recession in 2008, according to CNBC, I believe. So I have that link. Also, the, there's a direct correlation, almost 100% correlation between overall median income in any given state in the world and overall life expectancy. And I'm talking about people like the countries in Africa, like Nigeria or Kenya, where the median household income is like $70 a year. The life expectancy is also like 10 or 20 years shorter than in the United States. So, again, there's a tremendous correlation. It's it's probably impossible to negate that correlation between how much money you make, obviously, at, you know, like the... Uh, Rothschilds, who was it? The Rothschilds or the um, Rockefellers who lived like 105 years old with a billion heart transplants. Obviously, <laughs> eight, if you have money, you eight, can get- heart, Eight goddamn heart yes, transplants. Yes. Obviously, <laughs> if you have money, you can get better care, which, you know, which is which is right. generally in line with capitalism, which is fine. But if you are totally destitute and you have no money, you can't get food or preventative care or any care at all. And you're, you're relying on a few ERs and tala to treat you and you're going to die because you have bad quality of life and you, all you can afford is a $1 hamburger and you can't eat properly or take care of yourself mm-hmm. and, and you have nothing going for you and you're homeless so they're so intertwined i don't know if you guys read the article yet but it's a whole article about how the economy is the same as the health of the people so well, when you call the recession you hurt people
0: the difference is like it's very very hard to actually measure the health of the people as a whole on any kind of objective criteria it's very easy to measure the health of the economy on a whole as objective criteria and you can extrapolate from there how it's going to hurt people like let's, let's look at our most vulnerable, for example, our senior citizens, people who live, by and large, paycheck to paycheck on Social Security, barely managed to make ends meet without additional help for their families because they were sold a bill of goods with the Social Security uh, racket. Most senior citizens on Social Security make below $1,100 a month, and that is just barely enough to cover their rent, and then they have their savings to live on for the rest of their lives. How is, is this going to affect them when we have 33% inflation over the next five years because of the increase in the money supply? And that yeah. amount of dollars doesn't even cover their basic necessities anymore.
2: It, again, it, there's never forward thinking about this stuff. There's, oh, we, we have to act now. And it's always, and, and I'm, a, I'm a historian by study. That's why I studied in college. And the thing is like, I studied presidential history a lot at that, you know, in that time. And I realized how much I disagreed with presidential history because most of it was judged by how much stuff they did. Like whichever president did the most stuff tended to be ranked the highest. And I went, well, what if that stuff long-term wasn't actually good stuff? I mean, I'm sure every libertarian blog or show, is it talked about Woodrow Wilson, FDR, you know, all the presidents that did a little too much stuff, right? Not William always good. FDR did
1: a lot too much.
0: Yeah. I, I, I said on somebody else's show the other day, my favorite president ever was William Henry Harrison because it was
2: 31 <laughs> days of pneumonia. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, uh, you know, the point is, is that we judge on what did you do? And whether or not it plays out well or not, It's still going to be, well, he got that done. That's it. So as long as we are conditioned to think the way that you judge a president, how much stuff they do, then we're always going to be in that situation because, you know, we're doing that now, right? We're trying to get this huge infrastructure bill passed because that's doing stuff. It's helping. I mean, it's probably not going to help in any way in the slightest. We have come to New York. I promise you our roads are not good. They're never going to be good. I don't care how much money you throw at them. They're not going to be good. (laughs) Because because it's comp- the whole system's completely disorganized, so just throwing more money at it isn't gonna solve the problem. But that's that's means we're doing stuff. You know, we signed a bill, so therefore it, it the problem's fixed, right? Problem solved. That it, it doesn't, you know, and that's what we've been dealing with. Stop doing sometimes you gotta stop doing stuff. You know, I, I had a talk with someone who's a hoarder, and I'm like, you know what, you know what actually help your situation? Just don't bring more shit into your house. Like literally just put a moratorium on anything coming in and it won't get worse. Then we can focus on what's in your house and make it better. The problem is, is when we're removing 10 items and you're bringing in 15, removing the 10 doesn't do anything because net, we're still gaining. So That's excellent
0: point. Yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah,
2: most people besides
1: libertarians and voluntarists, they don't see it that way. They think a successful government administration is one that gets a lot of things done. Get it done. Get it done. Look, I'm running free re-election. Look what I got done. I got this passed. I did this. I did that. Libertarians are like, um, show me a president who's done very little. Show me a senator who's done nothing. in Six years and I'll re-elect
0: him. Hey, no, really, straight up, the libertarian favorite politician, Ron Paul, accomplished almost nothing in Congress. Pretty much, yeah. He just talked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but like – and. He had more of a profound positive impact on this country than most of the politicians we hate by not getting things passed.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, if the thing you're passing is for the government to do less stuff, cool, do that. But if the thing you're, you're asking for is, well, the government's going to do – no. Hard pass, stop. Well, those bills don't no. pass.
1: Bills that, that decrease government size, like Thomas Massey every year or every session proposes a bill to – Audit the Fed and the Department of Education and a bunch of other departments probably. They don't pass, obviously. So because, again, Congress, 99.9% of people in Congress are authoritarian Marxist socialists who just want more government. There's Thomas Massey and a few others who support some freedom or mostly freedom. But, again, like I've been saying for years, United States, Americans don't want what we're selling. They don't want liberty. That's why we need to really just focus on one or two or three states. Florida, yes, is very free and is trending maybe in the right direction in general New Hampshire the freest state trending in the right direction I don't know of any other state that is trending in the right direction there are a few other states like Wyoming that have a lot of good freedom but their trend is probably in the wrong direction but the only two states trending in the right direction are New Hampshire and Florida as far as I
0: know so we should focus
1: on those and maybe a few other states we can't I would I I would
0: qualify that Alaska is trending in the right direction because they never changed directions right (laughs) Alaska's always just been you leave us alone we leave you alone we do our thing,
2: you do your thing. It's yeah, fun. we're not even there. We're, like, over <laughs> there. We're, like, basically Canada. Just, just don't bother us. Like, don't don't drive your people up here. and bother well, The
1: great us. thing about Alaska is that it's probably hard for, for David Pittman <laughs> and his thugs to get there and kill you. So right. like we're, we're able to get to Idaho to kill the Weavers, but it would really be a lot for them to fly— to Alaska just to kill you for having a short shotgun.
0: All right, so no, I think no, no, no. inevitably the conclusion we've come to here is that the culture of New York and the culture of New Hampshire are just too radically different to coexist in the same country, and we should not continue existing in the same country. So I'm voting for I the agree. Balkanization of North America, <laughs> and we can have 50 different countries or more, probably more. What's the path that we get to there? Like, how, how does this... What's the quickest and easiest path... To the point where we don't have to deal with presidents. We don't have to deal with all
2: of this. It's explained in that book. <laughs> I mean, just to point out though, the idea of presidents and the idea of uh, the founding fathers envisioned that basically a loose conglomeration of states that when it came to like protecting you know, our liberties, we would have a standing army, things like that, right? Just basic things that It would be hard for each individual state to put together. Cool. Like, do that. But for the most part, we're doing our own thing. That has gone by the wayside more and more every single year that we've existed. But the initial idea was sound. I don't know how it is that we get back to that. I got a plan. I got a plan,
0: and it's going to sound crazy, but hear me out. People discredit secession movements all the time. And it's usually the left that discredit them and say, no, you can't leave. We're going to send in men with guns to keep you here. You can't leave. Ha ha ha. Okay. So how do we overcome the left being against secession? We get the left to be the first ones to secede. Okay. California is already petitioning to have Cal exit on the ballot to secede California. California. That's going to be on the ballot immediately after the 2024 presidential election. So, just throwing this out there, I believe that if we elect Donald Trump for president in 2024, California will secede. (laughs) Yes. And if Donald Trump is elected president and California secedes, Donald Trump is too much of a troll to stop them. (laughs)
2: It's a tough trade <laughs> off,
0: leave. I want you to leave. I don't even care. He's It'll like, ha, ha ha, Democrats. You lost two senators. Ha, ha, ha. And then once California gets away and says, ha ha, we did it. Alaska, Hawaii, Texas yeah. gone the next step.
1: Yeah, Justin, that's a great point. I, I've been saying <laughs> that for years. I've been saying if California does it first, then, you know, the left may not fight them as much because it is them. And right. then that'll set the precedent that'll allow Texas to leave. And once those two states leave, the federal government will have so little power. Um, obviously, five state of Pelosi and, and those just people essentially wouldn't be in the United States anymore. And then every other state can leave as well. So I think California might be the key. That's why Liberty Block is helping Cal Exit a whole lot.
0: Yeah. Well, that, and weirdly enough, like CalExit is one of the craziest coalitions of people in the world. The people on their team—you got some hardcore commies and progressives over at CalExit who want to exit because they hate the fact that Donald Trump could have been elected. But you also got a bunch of libertarians and like anarchists who want California to secede because they think the country is too big. And like, it's just focusing on that single issue. They're like, all right, put all our differences aside. We're going to destroy the United States of America.
1: Yeah, it's a very yeah. broad coalition. Some conservatives, yeah. right, left, center, everyone. Um, and I, I love working with the California, the Cal Exit team. We're pretty close with the Liberty Block, linked in a bunch of these movements. And obviously, they they were part of that panel at Porkfest by video chat, Marcus,
0: the president of Cal Exit. So that was awesome. So, Eric, you're going to start New York Exit?
2: I, I'm going to leave myself. I, I'm. They can do whatever <laughs> they want.
0: Well, I'm yeah. just saying you hope, like, New York City, Florida has some movements to succeed as well. New York City is bigger than a lot of countries.
2: Yeah. And there's been talk of like, should New York split into two separate states or three separate states? Mm-hmm. Please go ahead. Because <laughs> I feel bad. Like I, you know, I went to the, um, the, the New York, uh, libertarian meeting, uh, mm-hmm. for our state committee a couple of weeks back and I'm going, Boy, the way the rest of these people live, we were up in Albany, even Albany, which is a city itself, nothing like, it's nothing like New York City. So I'm like, everywhere else that people are, it doesn't make sense. And this is something I've always struggled with, is this idea that people who live in these cities think that they understand the way that other people live, and they should tell other people the way that they should live. And that that concept has never made any sense to me. You live in a one-bedroom apartment or a studio. And you think you understand housing prices and what it's like. You're you're complaining how hard it is to buy a house because – and I'll go back to – remember the Trump tax cut? This is a great example. The Trump tax cut um, included state and local tax deductions up to $10,000. That was a Trump uh, Okay. Because blue states, by and large, are the only ones who were over $10,000, New York, of course, being one of them. So uh, people are like, oh, that goddamn Trump. And I'm going – How about your governor and your localities who feel it necessary to put such a high tax rate on your house, which means you don't own your house. You'll never own your house and you accept it. How about that? And instead of saying, oh, it's the president's fault for giving other people deductions and not me, why don't you complain that you're not getting it to your locality and get it? Well, here's the thing is like New York, New
0: York is one of those states that's not even happy governing New York. They're not even happy taking money from New York. There's a there's a federal lawsuit happening right now with New Hampshire and Connecticut suing Massachusetts and New York because Massachusetts and New York are trying to charge income tax on out of state employees who work for companies that are based in New York or Massachusetts.
2: Yep. Yep.
0: So you never thought I'd see New Hampshire and Connecticut on the right side on the same side.
1: And again, <laughs> once the session happens, this will be probably simpler and better for us because it would be like working in a foreign country. And at that point, it might be something <laughs> like, come, please come and take it and see what happens. If I work remotely for a company based in Germany and the Germany government wants to tax me, I would say, OK, you know, come and try to tax me. It will be a little more difficult. And New they Hampshire
0: can try me. If you're watching this, I'm still waiting for the German government to come after me. I, I, right after Porkfest, I got an email from Twitter telling me I was under investigation by the German government and they had requested copies of all my tweets. And I immediately screenshotted it, tweeted it, tagging the German consulate saying, come fucking find me, I dare you.
2: It, it oh, must wow. be it must be real nice to know that the German government is going after people outside of Germany again. That's, that's really reassuring. For mean <laughs> tweets.
0: It, yeah. was for, it was for calling out Nazi bullshit. Like I called Angela <laughs> Merkel a Nazi because I'm like – and then like somebody's like, you can't do that, blah, 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 German speech laws, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, if you don't want to get called a Nazi, don't do Nazi shit like have speech laws.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is that they think it's like – there. there's a lot of people I've talked to and it's definitely people more on the left that are like – it's a flex that Germany – basically ignores the fact that the Holocaust ever exists. They like erased it from existence. I'm like, that's not a flex. And you're forgetting what the, ho- like, the Holocaust wasn't just murdering Jews and gypsies and anyone that wasn't white Aryan, right? Like that's not what we talk about when we talk about the Holocaust. It was totalitarian control over every aspect of German lives, right? They took over all sorts of industries. They told people how to live. And then they were like, okay, so, the reason that we're prospering is that these other people are like really bad and we should probably just get rid of them and just murder them and stuff. And be like, yeah, I mean, it was terrible. And now it's pretty good. And you're right. Let's kill these people. Sounds so, familiar. Yeah. So like we're going to go back to, yeah, we're going to tell you what not to say and what not to do. and But it's nothing like the Nazi times. Uh, minus the murder. Yeah, it kind of is.
0: And how far there, there. they want to oh. kill us?
1: They've been standing for years. They want to kill us.
2: How yeah. far
0: off are we? F- how far off are we from the government deciding that a group of people? And let's be honest: like you, prejudice, prejudice and bigotry does not have to be along racial, ethnic, or religious lines. It is defined as an unreasonable hatred of a group of people based upon their inclusion. So, at what point in time, when the federal government says, "Round up the anarchists"? Do we finally get to say, can you see the writing on the wall? I mean, it's already here, essentially, right now, if
1: I get hurt. Let's say I get hurt in a trauma, a car accident. Very common, Mm -hmm. could totally happen. And I go to the ER. If I'm totally vaccinated or, you know, a positive PCR test for COVID, the ER may or may not treat me. They also might take an hour to get all PPE suited up and everything. Or they might kick me out of the ER, right? Because even though there's some ERs probably can kick you out. And I'm sure uh, the CDC and HHS and the federal government and courts would back them up if they kick out people who are a danger to everyone because they're not vaccinated. So we're already there. The next step, what's going to happen is the federal government, CMS, the Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services, which That's controls all right, insurance right. in the United States, which Justin, I'm sure you know, they're going to start to not cover any healthcare costs, not reimburse anyone for insurance. Who has not vaccinated because, you know, um, you're taking unreasonable dangers. They're going to start with the VA and the CMS, probably Medicaid and Medicare patients, Mm -hmm. and eventually move on to everyone else. And eventually they're going to mandate because they control all insurance companies. We don't have private insurance. It's all fascist. It's all government controlled, right? Justin, how many regulations are there for every insurance? United, Blue Cross, Aetna. um, Right. There are so many regulations. It's essentially a government agent. Agency. So they're going to do that. That's what I think is happening. Call me a conspiracy theorist, but as we you know, they all come
0: true. The conspiracies. Well, here's the thing so, is it has to start with bad. CMS. If, if, it's go, if it's going to start, it has to start with CMS. And I've mm-hmm. seen people hyperbolizing on left Twitter. I snuck my way into left Twitter with a sock account because I got sick of the echo chamber. Uh, but people on left Twitter are demanding that insurance companies not cover anybody who hasn't been vaccinated. And every once in a while, somebody will chime up with Logic Sense it's like, ah, oh, we'd have to repeal Obamacare for that. Fuck. Because we told the insurance companies they can't do pre-existing conditions. And I stumbled upon a a debate yesterday, a whole Twitter thread, of people arguing about whether or not vaccination status is a pre-existing condition. Jesus Christ. (laughs) What? Yeah, because they were trying to justify why insurance companies should tell unvaccinated to go die. and. You're right. It's going to have to come from CMS and CMS is going to have to start with Medicare and Medicaid. And once they start with Medicare and Medicaid, then they move on to Medicare Advantage and Medicare Supplement because they're still regulated. But those are private companies that run the Medicare Advantage and Medicare Supplement programs. And once they get a dictate to say that they can't cover a thing, it doesn't just affect Medicare Advantage and uh, Medicare Supplement because all insurance services in this country are reimbursed according to the Medicare Assignment Register uh, Price Blue Book. So once the Medicare Advantage plans get told, Medicare is no longer covering people with this condition for this treatment, all insurance cuts it because it's I, no longer a reimbursable cost.
2: I just want to know how we went from stay home, save lives to screw lives. Let them die. How did, how did this, <laughs> the same people go from that to that? Like, How did that happen? Over the course of the 15 days.
0: Yeah, we, we, flat, we flattened the curve. Except that curve was the bell curve of emotional intelligence.
2: Yeah, it, it's un it, like it really is amazing when you think about that. That was the mindset, right? Is hey, listen, if we if we if we can flatten this curve, we can save lives because we won't overwhelm the healthcare system. Which, as you said, a lot of us are like, okay, that actually logically makes sense. We don't want to overwhelm the health you know care system. That would be bad. And then yes, needless people will die. I get that. But after that. Now you've somehow turned to, I don't care if people die. That's okay to me because they're not doing the thing that I did. Right. That's not- Dirty Trump
1: supporter, anti-vaxxers who are putting everyone at risk.
2: And and that's just it. There there has to be, for for a lot of people, a line in the sand, a divide, right? And this is the problem. This is, I think, the problem that libertarians can solve is we're not trying to draw a line in the sand. We're trying, I, I think- we're trying to say, make your own choices, assess your own risk. That's been the message from the beginning. Right, right. If you are, and look, I'm 36 years old. I'm mostly a healthy person, okay? I'm not overweight, as you can see, right? I, I, there's no there's really not a lot of risk for me with COVID. And, and I say that as someone who had the flu a couple of years ago and it sucked. And if COVID was around that, it would suck but I'd recover.
0: Okay. Hey, I, I've joked. I, I, I was joking a while, a few months ago and I'm not sure I'm joking anymore. I, I'm 31. I'm not in the great shape in the world. My injuries from the military keep me from running. And that was all they ever really did to work out. And I used to say the biggest risk to me to get COVID is to go to the VA. So, yeah. So, so, and, but like, that's where it's at. All right. We are coming up on time guys. So, uh last ditch, last pitch for the benefit of our viewers on Twitch who don't get descriptions on the videos. Last minute, I'll, you tell everyone where they can follow up with you and get your book and what you're all about.
1: Yeah, um Alu Axelman, LibertyBlock.com is where you can find pretty much everything we do. Also go to Amazon. It is back on Amazon, but with a new title. Nice. The title is <laughs> no longer a Fascism, basil spam that. It's, it's the plague that must not be questioned. If you look for my name on Amazon or that title, you can find it. Go to Liberty Block, you can find everything else. My crazy prediction is that they will start euthanizing those who don't want the vaccine or are COVID positive and refuse to mask up because it'll be for the health of everyone else. So euthanasia, it's coming. You heard it here first.
2: All right. And Eric, where can everybody reach you and follow up with you? Well, LP Power of one on Twitter for your libertarian needs. Outside of that, I do have a show that is not libertarian based. Like I said, it's history based. Cordova's Travels Through History. I've been traveling through the pandemic. Come and get me. But it's Cordova's Travel History on YouTube. You can find it on Facebook and Instagram as well. And my personal account, if you want to have a conversation with me, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter. Like I said, LP Power One, if you want to talk LP stuff. I'm I'm around.
0: All right. Well, always, it was a pleasure having you guys. It was a great conversation. I look forward to having you each again back in the future. Uh, but that's our hour. Everyone watching, great to have you. See you next time. Hey, everybody, thanks for tuning in. As always, big shout out to our guests and our viewers for making this show worth doing. And make sure you check out the links in the description to follow up and learn more. And always, as always, check out our sponsored merch over on snackswag.com. I stream this show to Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch live, and everything's uploaded to August the same day. So make sure you check out our channel on these platforms and help out by liking, following, subscribing, and most of all, sharing the content with your friends. That's all for today. See you guys next time.